Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Peacock Streaming, the biggest live event. From Super Bowl 56 to complete coverage of the Winter Olympics. It's all the unbelievable sports to love. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Mirror man, mirror man. You twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Good morning and welcome to episode number 20? 19. 19, sorry, sorry, sorry. Jumping the gun. Uh, we, have, uh, we have been absent uh, for two weeks and clearly I dreamt that uh, we did a podcast last week, but we didn't. How are you, Alfred? I am bloody well. I am so glad to be back. Back from Cannes. From all over France. I've, um, I, really, I went hunting for, for Wenger. I've been to Paris, to La Rochelle, to Bordeaux, to Marseille, to Cannes, to Nice. Did you speak to Mbappe? No, but I talked to Lemar. <laughs> nice. Okay, well, we'll have more on that coming up in a bit. Matt, good to see you again after a good weekend. Thank you. Yeah, I've just recovered from our Saturday night. Um, so shall I just jump straight into... <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> what about the Saturday? What did I miss on Saturday? Matt drank too much beer. Apparently, uh, when you asked where I needed to get a cap home to, I said uh, the Tonnington. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> yeah, I said, I, was, I said, Matt, you're going to have to get in an Uber, mate. And I was like, where, where are you going to? He's like, we'll just go to Tonnington one more. I was like, where, where do you live? It's Highbury, mate, Highbury. <laughs> yeah. in, in the middle of Williamsburg, where were you? Uh, yeah, we were, I don't know where we were. I've, I've got I've got no idea, but um, like like a, like a true friend, uh, I just left him. <laughs> I just got in a cab and went somewhere else. Glad that you got home though. I don't know how you managed it because I wouldn't have picked you up. I made it, and I don't think I went via Highbury. <laughs> good, good, good. Okay, so we're going to jump straight into uh, what happened over the last two weeks, and then we're going to crack into a lot of exciting things. So. Uh, over the last two weeks, Ivan Gazidis, Arsene Wenger and Stan Kroenke concocted an egregious plan of deceit, attempted to con the fans into thinking the manager is a new person. 
They signed a new lawyer called Hus Fami. <laughs> My name's Hus uh, from a disgraced cycling team, Team Sky. Uh, he, <laughs> his, uh, his job is to help with um, the, the back end of the contracts. Dick Law is still here to pick up the phone and ring the agents, but then after a certain point, it gets passed over. What a horrible Dick, thought. Dick, Dick Law on the front end and Hoose on the back end. Do, do you think Dick will have a shout at this new lawyer? No, I am the law. Fucking hell. Got off to a ropey start, guys. <laughs> um, they also signed performance director called Darren Burgess from AFL team Port Adelaide to... Um, to, f- to fix the, the backroom medical team that are doing a really good job at reducing injuries. Anyway, um, n- no change to Arsene Wenger's backroom team, of course. So the, the changes uh, are, are just a veneer um, that you peel back and then it's just the same old Arsene Wenger. Um, in a world of transfers, not a lot of action. Uh, players uh, that could still be going out, Sanchez and Ozil, um, are both still sitting on the fence. And even Chamberlain's trying to flirt with Manchester City and Liverpool to bump up his Arsenal uh, pay rise if he signs a new contract. Um, and coming in, uh, we're still linked with uh, with French, French, French. Uh, Mbappe at £100 million, uh, Thomas Lamar and Lacazette. And then finally, a talking point for today, it's the Ivan Gazidis Q&A. Uh, and I don't think he's going to get an easy run. You know what I've missed the most when I've been away for the last two weeks? It is Matt's little rundown of the number 19s we've had at the club. I cherish every one of these because I know there's going to come a certain point where these won't happen anymore. I, I think we've had like a number 72 or 77. I've seen that Quincy Owusu Abayi is uh, nearer 100 than one. So uh, we still will. Some life we in we this still year. have time. I still have time. I'll still savor it though. We've got some real crackers. For the shirt number 19, as you would expect, there's no, there's few greater prizes in football than being given the Arsenal number 19 shirt. Mainly because the first one was actually Jimmy Carter, who I actually, the first time I ever went to Highbury, he scored twice. Um, John Jensen. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. We we thought he was going to be good, didn't he? And then he was absolute shit. Because he scored that cracker in Denmark in the European Championships. Yeah. Remy Gard just bought over as like a little bodyguard for Vieira. Just a friend. Just a friend. A two million pound friend for Patrick Vieira. What yeah. a lovely job. Uh, this guy, one of my... Uh, this, he was a weird one. Junichi Inamoto. Do you remember him? Yeah. Did he do Did he do really well in a Confederations Cup? No, in a World Cup. It was in a World Cup. It was in a World Cup. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, he's, uh, and didn't, didn't, did we do something really weird like sell our rights to the reserve team to Japan or something? He did. He, it was a very dodgy deal, wasn't it? It was, there was, it was definitely it had something to do with shirt sales in it. Uh, Gilberto. Oh, oh. The wall. That was Dick Law's premier signing. Did he get? Did he, he do Gilberto? That was, that was his introduction to the club, I believe. Yeah, I, I remember that very, very well. And he, I think <laughs> the way he announced it was, no, I am the law. No, Alfred, no more. <laughs> no. Or no. did Gilberto Silva go, I am the wall. The invisible wall. He was. We never realized how good he was. And then he got injured. And then we, everything turned to shit. And we realized, oh, actually, 
he's been doing quite a lot there, just sort of sitting in front of the back four, marshalling things. Um, speaking of uh, not doing a lot, Jack Wilshire. Yeah, yeah. A famous um, Arsenal 19. Yeah, news news just coming in, hot off the press, guys. Jack Wilshire won't make pre-season. Oh, what a shock. What a shocker. And I saw some pictures from his wedding, and I know you shouldn't read too much in some pictures, but I got the impression he really couldn't give a fuck about playing football. Yeah, I, I, I do. Want, I, I'm sure it was uh, George Graham went to Spurs, and there was a big injury problem, um, and then George didn't allow the players to have phones or like Game Boys in uh, in the injury room, the physio's room. Uh, and then all of a sudden the injuries dried up pretty quickly. And I wonder with Jack Wilshire, like, how, motivated, how motivated is he to play? He can't even be asked to get into the starting 11 of Bournemouth. This is a player that dominated Barcelona at 18. And yeah. Finally, one of my favourite players, Santi Cazorla. Oh, oh dreamboat. Is he, is he going to play any games this year? Here's a question. Would you sign him on to another 90 grand a week deal or is it time to say, look, you've broken our hearts twice, two seasons running with your injuries and we really need to find a young, nimble replacement? I'd actually give him one more year because I love him. I mean, otherwise Pep will, right? Yeah, Pep will probably get 40. No, no one to get 40 games out of him. That's over. It's so sad. I was just I, get twenty five. It was. It was. But my, he was playing three games a week, wasn't he? I mean, he was never going to last at that pace. Yeah, it's. But it's really sad. Like I, I was thirty three last week, and I don't feel like I'm old. But then I'm like Santi Cazorla's like similar age, and you're like, oh man, bit him off, put him out to retirement. He looks older than you, though. He does look older than me. That's very true. Spanish for you. Well, we may well be binning some of those players off because, you know, it's that time of year, isn't it? It's uh, transfer transfer season. So let's uh, let's get stuck into the ins and outs because Arsenal are definitely in a, in a weird situation this summer. We've got a lot of shit uh, that we've got to move on. Uh, we've got some of our best players for the first time in years. The first, like when was the last time we lost a genuinely brilliant player? Was it, was it Robin Van Persie? Yeah, Van Persie. Yeah, we haven't lost anyone that we wanted to keep since uh, Van Persie. And did Van Persie go after Nasri and yeah. Sesk? Yeah. He did. Okay, so potentially going to lose Ozil and Sanchez, uh, Chamberlain, like, whinging. And then we've been linked with quite a lot of good players. So mm-hmm. let's run through uh, what we think is going to happen with the superstars first. And then possibly talk about who's going to come in and how we can fix that. Before we really get stuck in, like, can I just say I think it's the most exciting transfer window in years in terms of what's on the market and what we think is going to shift. And the fact that teams like Monaco, Leipzig and Dortmund are playing so well and that we've got like another tier of clubs in some of the smaller leagues that are now feeding the bigger leagues with some absolute talent. I mean, I don't think in the last three or four years, having watched, you know, scouting videos on YouTube, that I've seen anything like it and seen that much exciting stuff on the market that, and also that a lot of it feels like it's up for grabs that, you know, a lot of it, uh, a lot of the players we see are going to move. We just don't know where. And people, like clubs are a little bit hesitant, but, you know, 
you have Nabi Keita, you have Lehmar, you have Mbappe, and all these players are just like, it's it's amazing. Yeah, I think it, it definitely feels exciting, but it's always the same, really, isn't it? It's always, you need one transfer to kick off the chain, and we're not quite sure what transfer it's going to be that sparks it. You know, if... Uh, if, if Real Madrid signed Mbappe, then that would mean that maybe Benzema or James Rodriguez would be off. And, you know, we're trying to figure out which one is going to go. I think the hard thing is um, all the club PR departments are in full effect. So it's really, and all the agents are in full effect. So it's actually really difficult to know what's true and what's not true. Because I find it difficult to believe that Monaco will disband their team. I think they'll lose one of their players, whether it be Mbappe or Lamar. I don't think they're going to lose, or Baba Yoko. I don't think they're going to lose all three because I don't think they need to. So I don't think it's, I, th- I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it all pans out. Yeah, it's, I, I, I wonder whether we're, I can't work out whether, we're, whether there's like the new breed of talent has just come through and whether we're starting to see the impact of um, more money filtering into the rest of, of Europe uh, because it does seem to be an absolute glut of superstar players coming through or whether like training methods have upped or whether there's like some sort of impact of UEFA trying to make coaches more qualified because um, the Premier League's certainly bringing in some serious players. Liverpool are looking to make some very exciting moves. I think Salah is um, is an exciting player. I think Chelsea, uh, you can see their their strategy for the summer. They just brought in Sandro um, and they're shipping out Matic to United. Like we haven't even seen what United are going to do. And the very fact that there's stories today saying that Mourinho is upset that United are having difficulty signing players because there's so much competition tells you all you need to know. I think... Um, I think it's going to be very difficult for. It's it's funny as well because it seems like this this is the the summer where the the path is clearest. Like we we finished fifth, we were a complete shambles. All the players gave up. We don't have any Champions League football to boast about. Yet we're being linked with uh, Thomas Lamar uh, for I don't even know what the fee is on that, but it's got to be about forty million, sixty million. I think yeah, sixty million. We're being linked with Lacazette. Uh, 60 million 60 million again and Mbappe who we're hoping to sign for 100 million it just doesn't make any sense like no. why why didn't Arsene why didn't Arsene go all out like this last summer when he just finished second and had the opportunity so uh, but I guess it's also dependent on what we do like but like bringing in Lacazette uh, Mbappe or uh, or Lamar only represents progress if you keep Ozil and Sanchez. Well, I don't know opinion. about that. And like I said, doesn't really. I I don't see that as as progress. Um, in a way, I I think the progress for me is a young, super exciting talent that we you know that you can you can see kind of like a glimmer of hope in there even when we lose, and you can look forward to a Europa League night because you have a new exciting prospect that you're trying to see how they develop, et cetera. Getting someone in their prime is, to me, is not that exciting. That's kind of like saving what we've got now rather than looking at the future. I think we've just, I think that the point is, um, it looks suspiciously like Sanchez is off and it all depends on how we replace him. If we were to replace him with, 
Mbappe and Lamar, I'd be like, great, because I think that's a more than adequate replacement for Alexis Sanchez. The problem is when you swap him for Lacazette and then you're like, well, hang on a minute, I don't think he's as good as what we had before, which is the more likely scenario, especially when you have to probably, they're probably going to cost the same. Or Lacazette's probably going to be more expensive because he's got more than a year left on his contract. So I think what we really need is we need, and they're talking about it, we need three big signings and we'll probably get one and a bit. See, the the, the three... The three big signings make sense if you're adding. Like, we're not three players away from winning the Premier League. And we're certainly not three players away from winning the Premier League if we lose one of the most creative midfielders uh, in the world uh, to whoever would want to sign him. And then Sanchez, who was an absolute machine last year. Uh, And then we never, we we rarely seem to fix the problems that we have in the squad. Like our midfield was so unbalanced for most of the season. And then Ramsey's come back and he's had three or four good games, but we know that he's not going to be reliable for a 50-game season. Shaka uh, started to look good towards uh, the end of the year, but like he started looking good against teams that weren't really interested. I'm sure I'm, like, I'm sure he could be like very talented. And I just feel like we've got lots of weaknesses where we need to be upgrading all around uh, the squad. Um, it doesn't look like we're upgrading. It looks like we're just picking bodies out that sound like good names without any real structure or approach or vision for what we're trying to do next year. We're just switching in bodies. Well, we've got a left back, so let's not forget him. We've got one of the best left back, the best left back in Germany last year. We've got. Yeah. Then I think we're obviously looking for forward positions because we're conscious that Giroud needs to get moved on, and because Sanchez is going to go. Which I think we're looking at the right types of players in Lacazette and Mbappe and Lamar. I think you're right that it doesn't answer that central midfield quandary. And I think we definitely need to be looking there. I mean, it sort of depends. Is he, is he, what's the plan for, and this just sounds so stupid just thinking about it, what's the plan for Wilshire and Cazorla? But, you know, is, we don't know that there isn't a plan for a centre mid. So if we ended up with one of those forward players, in the defensive position, a really strong left back and a really good central midfielder. I'd say it's been a successful summer. Yeah, because I think one of the biggest losses that we've had over the last two years is uh, Cazorla. Like yeah. you, you, you lose it. Like you, you have him in the side for forty games this season, and we're definitely finishing in the top four. Yeah, and if you had him fit for the full season. The year before, won the I, I think you arguably uh, you, argu- you arguably win the league. But my gut feel is that we'll give him a new contract. He'll be really important for the first two months, and then we'll be lost without him after. I just it it's, it doesn't feel like we're constantly looking at what the like the renewal plan is for players. It's just switching in and out pieces um, as and when. But I guess that's because there isn't really a, a philosophy. No, and that that's kind of what I what would excite me is if we say we got Nabikita, who is an incredible um prospect in the middle, and we got Mbappe or Lemar, and we lost Sanchez. I think that would be a good summer. I want someone in, in centre midfield because the prospect of of first Ramsey getting injured in the beginning of the season and then Chaka getting injured, we are suddenly back to Coquelin and Elneny running the midfield. And that's like a, like 
a reality that that I know we're going to end up seeing. And, you know, that's not going to be fixed with with one signing or, or anything like that. I just hope that, yeah, I, you know, I, I hope that someone understands that we haven't fixed anything in the middle. The other thing that is terrifying is, you know, Chelsea has done, seems like they're doing a Chelsea, just silently you know, perfecting the squad with three really great signings in positions where they needed them. They haven't signed anyone yet, though. But you know what they're going to do. Like, they, they, mm. you know, they're going to get Lukaku and they, uh, they're going to, you know, shift off Matic, which was the, the slow player, that, and replace him um, with someone that they can feasibly get for about 40 million, who's going to be Premier League player of the season, I'm sure. Um, and then you have Man United. I mean, the... The the rumor that I've heard circulated the most, and I think they talked about on Football Weekly, is Real Madrid is where everyone should be looking. And apparently Zidane has had a conversation with Mbappe who said, I'm only going to Real if you shift one of the front three. And Zidane's, they think, could only shift Bale because he's really the only one of the superstars which he's never really gelled with. Man United wants Bale. And with Herrera and Matic in the middle, with Bale uh, on the left, Pogba in the middle, and on the right, Mkhitaryan. I mean, Man United suddenly looks like one of the best squads in the world. Another thing I think both you listeners and I have missed a lot is our little trips down memory lane to signal that part one of the show is over. And this time we've let Pete pick uh, one of his favourite goals. Tell us what we're going to listen to. We're going to listen to Thierry Omri against United at Highbury when he, flicked, when, he, when he assisted himself. I believe it was the first time a footballer has ever assisted himself. Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri. Well, you watch lyrical about Ryan Giggs is in the FA Cup semi-final. Have a look at one of the greatest goals I've seen on this ground. That's deliberate. That's majestic. Sheer brilliance. Sheer brilliance. That's all you can say about that piece of football from a talented, talented footballer. Absolutely. What a goal that was. And welcome back to part two. Let's hope that we don't do an Arsenal and head into the second half of the season a little bit flat, a little bit lacking in uh, positive momentum. It's typical of you to like start by bringing us down, like setting setting low expectations for us. Come on, Matt. Well, I'm just fed up of these people. Like you know, I'm fed up of even Gazidis setting all these high ambitions, talking about catalysts for change, talking about being able to compete with the Bayern Munichs of this world, only to let us down. So maybe it's better that I start a little bit more realistic. But, you know, speaking of Ivan Gazidis, uh, that uh, complete waste of space is appearing on Thursday for the Q&A, which should be an incredibly interesting event, Pete. And we did want to, we, we wanted to brand the day something like D-Day Thursdays. Um, but the only thing we could think of about Thursdays was Spurs Day. Um, and as I informed Matt and Alfred, uh, Le Grove invented the term Spurs Day. 
No, you didn't. What? what? I, I promise you, I absolutely did. People people don't even think that. LeGrove had Spurs Day, AKB. Like, we've got a bunch of them. We've got a bunch of them that just creep into the uh, the fans' vernacular. Um, Alfred, like... <laughs> the internet the internet is not going to tell you who invented it. But I assure you, if you go through the archives, LeGrove invented it. So we're going to have to think of a, something new to call it. Or do we just call it Spurs Day Night Football because we hate it so much and that's the motivation to get I just out? Think, can we not just do, like, Judgment Day? Or is that just not Arsenal branded enough? Uh, that feels kind of aggressive. <laughs> and aggressive is uh, is how I think it's going to go. Because I think Gazidis has been working his magic to try and shift the narrative uh, going into Thursday. He hasn't got a signing. Uh, but he he and Stan Kroenke tried to pull a real fast one over the fans um, recently with their catalyst for change. Um, we had uh, the signing of uh, Husfame um, brought in to uh, work on player contracts. Uh, he's come from, according to Jeremy Wilson, this is this is his job and this is part of the catalyst chain. It's fucking laughable. Fami will work closely at Arsenal with Gazidis and contract negotiator Dick Law, who will remain at the club at least in the short term. Uh, Law and Gazidis will, mer- will work more directly in the early stages of a deal. Uh, and Fami initially expected to be more prominently involved closing negotiations. So we've signed someone to close negotiations. Um, I don't really understand how exactly that's going to work out. I don't understand the problem that he's supposed to be solving because uh, when you're negotiating uh, a contract with a player, you're either giving them enough money or you're not. The player is either motivated to play under the manager or he's not. And all of those decisions really sit with Arsene Wenger. So I don't understand what additional equity this guy is going to be is going to be bringing well, to the I think table. It, it sounds like a new person to blame when the same shit happens all over again. And, and shouldn't they, for that role, really have hired um, Walcott's wife, who seemed to be an excellent negotiator with the uh, with the coffee machine? I yeah. mean, that, that seemed to be a really motivating. But it was a short term incentive, wasn't it? It didn't, it, it didn't even last a season. It only lasted until Christmas. Yeah, he really gave up, didn't he? So, uh, so back, so back. Just give her a chance. Give her a chance. Yeah. So, so back to the article. Um, it, it goes on. It says, uh, it says the Arsenal's handling of player contracts, uh, this is from the Telegraph, uh, is under particular scrutiny. Uh, notably, Alexis, Meza, Jack, Kieran, Volchek, and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Like, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So we're bringing in a new guy, and those guys would all sign on. You've got Alexis and Meza don't want to sign on because they're playing under Arsene Wenger, and he's a terribly bland manager these days. Jack Wilshire and Kieran Gibbs and Chesney. The only problem there is that the club kept them on. It's not, it's not a problem that they're in the last year of their deals. It's the problem we didn't sell them early enough. Uh, and I'm guessing this new contract man from Sky isn't going to come in and change things there. And then we've got Chamberlain, which the problem is that he wants a contract and we won't offer him one. So that was the first uh, red flag. And I also think uh, signing a lawyer from one of the most, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the legal thing is, but they're they're not a they're not a clean team. I, I, like, is that right? can you get what I'm saying there? Team Sky is like signing from uh, like the the Russian Federation of Sport. Am I right? Am I in legal trouble here? Should I stop? <laughs> I I think they're quite open with that, isn't it? I, I don't think they would be like, how dare you accuse them of, of such a thing. I think it's thing. good to have a lawyer from Team Sky because at least you know they've been up to something. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like you sort of worry, you go, yeah, but 
Is he the one really, is he really getting stuck in? Is he really, de- is he really dealt with anything complex? This is like Arsenal, you know? We've got a lot of big stuff going on. I think it's like, oh, shit, you know, he's with those guys. Yeah, yeah, he's been busy. Get him in. Yeah, I mean, you, it's like you don't want your optician not to have glasses. Um, you know, you don't, you don't trust a dentist with bad teeth. Okay, so, <laughs> so I think we're, we're going to have to pass that one through a lawyer before we, before we post that up. Um, so then there, was the, then there was the second half of the Catalyst for Change. So we've hired a guy called um, Mr. Burgess who comes from Port Adelaide, uh, used to be the performance director at Liverpool under, um, under Hodgson, Dalgleish, um, Brendan Rodgers. Uh, he's working for a team that hasn't won anything, uh, which, is, which is excellent, right up our street. And uh, he's coming in uh, to work as the performance director and he's going to work alongside Shad Forsyth. Because when you look at Shad Forsyth's uh, CV or resume, um, you'll see that actually Shad's probably done a lot more in the game. Like he's uh, managed at Bayern. He's won a World Cup, a really difficult World Cup for a European team because he went to Brazil and managed their fitness all the way to the final, uh, destroying Brazil, what, 7-1 in the semifinals. So I don't really understand uh, that signing. Oh, actually, I do understand it. It's because you can come in and you can say, we're hiring a performance director and we can say it looks like change. But the reality is Arsenal haven't changed the things that need to be changed. Uh, Shit scouting network. Uh, average coaching, uh, and uh, yeah, and I think that that pretty much covers. Oh, and a terrible goalkeeping department as well. Like how uh, how old Peyton keeps his job? He took he took one of the greatest goalkeepers of all time, uh, and in two years he's conceded twenty percent of the goals he's conceded in his entire Premiership career. So it shows you, and um, um, he's not been moved on. We've got uh, Burrow Burrow working on Pretty tactics. Right yeah, Primorak working on tactics. No idea uh, what what he's doing or why uh, he's still at the club. Um, we've constantly been outthought in the Champions League for seven years. Uh, we've finished fifth in the league and Arsene Wenger doesn't have to make a single change. He absolutely is bigger than Arsenal nowadays. I don't really know what to say here. Yeah, I mean, you're right. The catalyst of... Ch- uh, the catalyst... Is it catalyst of change? It's a catalyst for change. Catalyst for change. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not happened, is it? No. And um, there's a lot of hard questions that need to be asked by Gazidis. I mean, we've had these moments at Arsenal so many times where you go, how is he going to get out of there unscathed? He always manages to tiptoe around it, doesn't it? But maybe we should help come up with some questions mm. that we think are phrased in such a way that even Gazidis, the slippery little fish that he is, can't get out of it. Yeah. I mean... And you have to be creative with these questions. You have to find ways for him to answer things that he didn't intend to answer. Mm. Like, would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized arsons? Yeah. Okay, so let's start off on the questions, shall I? Yeah. <laughs> I've got some important questions. Sometimes Alfred just puts you into silence for a second while you gather your thoughts. <laughs> Uh, so my first question would be this. Why haven't we signed a director of football like every major club in Europe? Like that's not even a question now of whether a director of football works or it doesn't work. Clearly having no director of football Arsenal has seen us fail consistently over the last 10 years. 
uh, and uh, like name me a Champions League club, Champions League winner that doesn't have some form of director of football at the club. So that's a big one. Well, I, I but, think another one could be why, despite all the investment, is our academy failing to produce the types of player that we're seeing at Monaco, despite all the, all the investment over the last 15 years of so few players come through. Yeah. But I think, again, it's about being creative with, with these questions. You don't ask him, why haven't we signed a director of football? You ask him to name a major club that doesn't have one. And the silence is what's going to have an effect here, not just to, for him to say, well, what do they do? Do they direct the players left and right? How about this question, Alfred? <laughs> uh, what was the rationale for allowing Wenger to continue to have so much power despite consistent failure both domestically uh, and abroad? The way you ask that question is, can a manager have too much power even? Okay, I've got another one. How does the club ever expect to build a succession plan if it continues to further entrench a failing manager's value by making the club totally dependent on him? Because that's the key thing here with these two new signings. He's avoided being accountable to a director of football. Like a Les Reed uh, uh, at Southampton. Like Carlos, Carlos Pula or whatever, what was his name? I can't remember. But Pula uh, Southampton this year. He finished eighth reasonably good performance for a club the size of Southampton uh, and he's out the door because he's accountable to somebody who sits above him and now they've gone out and they've signed that Pellegrino guy. Well, I think our, the other thing is our, is our player management because you've got to be able to manage a squad and um, I just I think just the fact that we've got all of these players, like look at the way Chelsea are going to sell Matic to Manchester United for 40 minutes. They don't even really want Matic. They, they don't mind him. They think he's all right. They think he can do a job. They're going to get £40 million for him to invest in their team. And we don't sell any players for money. And surely we've got Giroud, who is the perfect player to move on. He's had, he's had a great season internationally for France, scored in like nine of his last internationals or something ridiculous. He's out of favour. Why are we not selling him and raising £30 million to go and buy someone else? And, you know, the, the lack of squad management, both outgoings as well as ingoings, is glaring right now. I think I have, I have two more questions that could be a little bit of a provocation for, for Arsene, maybe, just to get him back for what he did to us the last six months and refusing to announce his contract. The first one I would ask, even, is how do you teach old dogs to sit? Which I would be, I would love to hear that answer. The second one, I you know, to your to your point about succession plans is how is Arsenal supporting Arsene Wenger uh, in his aging? Like, what are we doing to help him with mental strength and physique and such things that normally really affects people as they get older? Because he clearly needs help and support that. Well, I think that's it. I think the really interesting point was when you mentioned obviously this long period of time when we didn't know what was happening. And I think that the club, with Arsene Wenger having come out and said it did affect the players, we as fans have every right to ask why a decision was not made. Even if it's for Gazidis to say we wanted to wait until we had the FA Cup final to see if we won it. But we need a reason 
to understand because what happened was a piece of mismanagement at board level, but effectively by the CEO, resulted in us not getting into the Champions League. That's what Arsene Wenger said. The indecision cost the players, it affected performance. So what were they waiting for and why was that acceptable? And I think the the worrying thing for me off the back of it is we've just made two hires that don't impact him again. He's uh, he's secured his position as the king of the club. So what are we going to do over the next two years uh, to stop ourselves getting in a situation where he can hold the club hostage again? And uh, my fear is that we're going to be in exactly the same situation in two years' time and he's just going to go on and on and on. What a podcast, gentlemen. I am very excited to be back. I think we did a cracking performance and the rest did us good. Like, you know, Naguero absence of a couple of weeks and then he always comes back and scores four goals in a big game. Yeah, I think the rest is doing us good. It's, uh, it's true what they say about, uh, you know, needing a bit of a summer break and I'm, we're raring to go. This is our preseason. So, so we've just started preseason. Right, the, the, that was the, the Borumwood ah. friendly. Yeah, yeah. We we are technically recording this from Dubai, aren't we? Yeah, Yaya Touri is going to attend next week, and then we'll never see him again. <laughs> Very exciting. Okay, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna come back. We're gonna try and keep this regular through the summer. Any comments or anything that you want to talk about? Um, let us know. No one contributed to the voicemail this week. Pretty furious about that, but we'll be back with a better question next week. So thank you, Alfred. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, Matt. This is Peacock. I love it! It's streaming your favorite shows, movies, live sports, breaking news, exclusive originals. It's The Office. That's what she said. Chrisley knows best. It's going to be Todd's Way or the Highway. And Peacock original shows like Punky Brewster. Holy mackinoli. So whether you're in the mood for every live WWE pay-per-view or every episode of Law & Order SVU, Peacock's got you covered. Peacock. Watch for free. Upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.